what it is. Charles, Aston and his wife have been brought in after a car crash. He should last, but she probably won't. Who are they? You live in another world. I've run out of sugar too, do you mind? She wondered if Frida ever bothered to buy coffee or sugar, as she passed across a plastic container. He was a big noise in some company and retired with a huge bonus and a pension that would keep us in sable. There was a row about it in Parliament. Not that that lot have anything to shout about when they lead the lives of Riley with all the expenses fiddling. On the second day after Charles's admission, she'd been told to attend to his dressings. She'd expected to meet a hawk-eyed man of an abrupt nature. He'd been crying because he'd just learned his wife had died despite every effort to keep her alive. She could and should have done no more than speak words of condolence but had learned the pain of tragedy. After saving for two years, her parents had flown to Malaya to visit the grave of her mother's father. The plane had crashed, killing passengers and crew. Her aunt and uncle had adopted her. Their kindness had blunted her misery, not erased it. She sat on the bed and held Charles lightly against herself. The sister had entered the room and, outraged by the breach of nursing-patient relationship, had angrily ordered Laura out of the room. Charles had contradicted her so sharply, she had momentarily stood there, bewildered, before she'd hurried out. He had discharged himself, against his surgeon's advice. He had asked that Laura return with him to his Chelsea home, as his private nurse. He'd been told that was impossible. Within a short time it had become possible. That was her first practical understanding of the power of wealth and authority. After several weeks, when he'd fully recovered, she had said to him, I must return to the hospital or they'll have forgotten who I am and I'll be looking for another job. I've arranged they accept you back when you leave here. Then I'll get in touch with them. You're in a hurry to get away? It's not a question of what I want to do. It's always just that question. She occasionally twitted him. You're very chairman and chief executive this morning. Do you usually live with your parents? She did not immediately understand the reason for his question. My parents were lost in a plane crash. A long time ago? Not very. Is there something more you want? For you to explain why you physically comforted me, contrary to the cast-iron rule against emotional nursing? Why'd you ask? Answer my question first. The note of command in his voice annoyed her, and she spoke aggressively. You were shocked and despairing because you'd learned that, tragically, your wife had died. I reckoned, if I could bring you some relief with a hug... I'd do a lot more good than any condolences. No other nurse would have considered such action. You can't say that. You imagined another, to help a stranger, would have dared brave authorities' wrath and the probability of a damning accusation? Yes. You are a danger to yourself. Will you stay here? No. I am being... <laughs> what did you call me? Uh, so very chairman and chief executive? I have to work. Not if you marry me.
In their weeks together, they had gained and enjoyed a strong friendship. But she did not read women's novels and see stars in a cloud-covered sky. Laura, when they told me Belinda had died, I wished I had died with her. You taught me that there could be release from tragedy. Will you marry me? No. Why not? She'd hurried out of the room. The next day she'd packed her bag and was carrying it out of the bedroom when a maid insisted on taking it for her. Downstairs she'd gone into the sitting room to say goodbye to Charles. He had again proposed to her. She had again refused. He was not a man who found it easy to express his emotions, but he tried to make her understand that she would be offering him the love and affection